This is Jason Camelio, and you're listening to the Coffee Talk. Hello, and welcome again to the official podcast of the Guitar Department here at Berklee College of Music. My name's Ian, and we have another episode of Coffee Talk for you. We've got Jason Camelio with us this week. Jason is the Assistant Vice President for Global Initiatives here at Berkeley, as well as an accomplished musician who's performed and recorded with folks like Dweezil Zappa, Danilo Perez, Aretha Franklin, and many others. He's also the co-founder, leader, guitarist, and songwriter in the band Dove. Jason shares his experiences and the role he has at Berkeley, and talks about the unifying power of music. As always, a lot of this content will also be available on YouTube, and we have a ton of other great content on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, so give us a like and a subscribe on whatever platform you use. Here's our interview with Jason Camelio. Hello, everyone. I'm Kim Perlack. I'm the chair of the guitar department. Welcome to another Coffee Talk. Uh, we're here, as usual, with assistant chair Cheryl Bailey. Hey, Cheryl. Hello, Cheryl. Coffee cheers. Uh, our senior coordinator, Ian Steed. Hey, Ian. Hey, all. And today, our special guest is a vice president from Global Initiatives and our friend and world traveler colleague, Jason Camelio. Jason, Thanks for me. welcome. Thanks for having Great me. Great to see you. It's really fun to see you. We've been missing Jason because Cheryl and I are often in an airport somewhere in the world with Jason um, throughout the year. And it's it's been um, a year that's made us, I think, really appreciate those moments uh, and how great it is to travel with you and, and get to meet all of you who are in our Global Partner School. So thanks for hanging with us, Jason. Yeah, no, thank you. Actually, Cheryl and I traveled on our last, at least my last trip together. We, we, we did, uh, we were, we were in Greece and then Sweden and we were watching the news in the airport as we were coming back to the United States and just not realizing what was about to happen. Wow. So it's, it's, it's literally been a year ago. Yesterday was the last time we were full-time on campus in the office. It's, it's, it's incredible. It's really amazing. And, you know, I was just thinking, uh, part of the premise of having this, podcast and the show on we show on YouTube as well is that we're generally hanging out and having coffee in the office in Boston but I think all of our coffee talks Jason over all the years have always been in a different country I think this is the first time we've actually been in Massachusetts having coffee together so yeah. it's a really great great thing to have you um, so our first question for everybody in that regard is do you drink coffee and um, how do you take it what are you drinking so what are we drinking today? Uh, let's see, we're doing um, Bones Coffee. This is a new sort of kind of boutique hang coffee. They do all kinds of um, flavored coffees. They have like Fruity Pebbles coffee. And um, what was that show? A Christmas Story. Mm -hmm. they have like O Fudge coffee, which is my favorite. O Fudge. That's what I've got today. Is uh, It's O Fudge coffee. It's a, a chocolatey kind of coffee and usually black is pretty you know the way to go i don't you know don't trust the dairy that's yeah well <laughs> spoken like a true traveler um, exactly <laughs> yeah you know it was i think you and larry bayon that switched me over to black coffee and i'm so appreciative because mm. you can really taste it you know? yeah um, well the the the, co the coffee hang the person to hang with mm -hmm. is enrique gonzalez mueller 
who who was a guitar student at Berkeley, okay. and now he teaches in music production and engineering. He is um, what is the word for a coffee sommelier? Okay. There's the equivalent of like a coffee guru. He has a roaster at his house, mm-hmm. and he roasts his own beans. Mm-hmm. And he's the one that hit me to Kenyan coffee. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Kenyan coffee smells like strawberries. Yeah, um, well, I have to say, I I have a little bit of that because my neighbor Alan is a roaster, um, and so he's taught me a lot, um, and it, it let me in the back there. Um, to watch the process. But Cheryl, our assistant chair, is a home roaster on the stovetop, on the no. way. Yeah, I, I do. This is my little pandemic hobby. And I have this little cast iron skillet. It's the perfect size. And I order the beans from this these hippies out in California, the green beans. So I've been really experimenting with the different beans. I like, of course, like a French roast to an espresso roast. Okay. So the first couple of times there were fire alarms going off and stuff like that. But now I've got it down to, you know, I've got it down pretty well. And it's now I'm addicted to it. Like I just can't, I can't drink anything other than my home roast now. Oh, wow. Okay. So when we're all together, I'll, I'll hook you up. Please. I always, yes. I'll hook my friends up. Yeah. yeah, but I'd like to I'd like to chat with your buddy there too because I don't have the I've seen the machines and I kind of drool I'm like maybe I should get one of those machines but I kind of like I kind of like the adventure of doing it just free over the flame yeah, you know legit you know wow. <laughs> yeah we went we we were in Shanghai and he had this map and the map was of all the boutique coffee places in Shanghai oh, and wow. and and so every morning we would go for these walks through all the neighborhoods and you know, by the Shanghai Conservatory to find all the coffee joints. Oh my gosh, you guys, coffee talk, <laughs> coffee walk. When we oh. get back together, coffee walk. All right, Ian, you're going to get on this. We need a film Ian, crew. We need, yeah, we need a portable <laughs> recording. We'll have, we'll have to get a, ga- a gimbal, you know. <laughs> I like that. Um, so, Jason, that brings us to the next thing um, that everybody's been sort of reflecting on with us, which is you've had a couple of different first days at Berkeley because you've had different positions here over your long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, are there things that stand out to you when you look back on your first day at Berkeley, whichever first day that jumps to mind for you would be great, but it would be great to hear your impressions of what that was like. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's changed so dramatically mm-hmm. over the years. Uh, my, the first time I, I came there's two stories I'll share really quickly. The first time I came to Berkeley was when I applied oh, wow. and, got, and got accepted. I still have my acceptance letter in a filing cabinet. And I came in Berkeley was, you know, the 1140 building. Uchida was still, I think, the, the Newbury College. They, we hadn't even started retrofitting the building at that point. It was actually years before that, a long time. And, um, you know... I walked into the building and the vibe was, it was, um, it was intense because it's the only college I had applied to. Wow. And it was like, this was all or nothing. It's either, either I'm going to Berkeley or I'm going to surf because I grew up in Florida and cut grass. That's it. You know, I'll be completely happy doing that. And, um, and I, it, it, it was kind of a, it, it was a little rattling because it was so intense, like the, the level 
of musicianship and everything that was going on and the people that teach here and the, and all of that. It was, and I ended up not coming, you know, and it was mainly because I couldn't afford it. I was, I was one of those students that just couldn't actually afford to come to Berkeley at the time. So years later, when I actually came to Berkeley to work, the place I ended up working was in the scholarships office with Damien. I was, I was Damien Bracken's assistant. Mm -hmm. And so I went from one end to the other end of like working on campus and talking to students about how do they afford to do this? How do they put it together? And meeting so many incredibly, incredibly talented students. My first day at Berkeley, um, the office is on the second floor of the, of the, of the 1140 building right next door is Ray Santisi's office. And next door to that was Joe Viola's office. Mm. So like on that floor, it's these guru musicians, educators are right there. And I walk into the office and Damien comes in and he's like, okay, um, great. Here you are. Here's your desk. There's your computer. Um, I'm leaving. I'll be gone for two weeks. <laughs> um, and so, you know, you'll figure it out. And that was it. So my, my in training was like walking into the scholarships and student employment office. I mean, like, um, you know, learning from scratch, everything that we did, um, we had talked a little bit about the work of course, beforehand, but everything is, it's always, it's always about learning. It's always about figuring things out. And that's, what's amazing about Berkeley is thank God it never stays the same. You know, every day you can come in and learn something new from somebody. You can always expand what's going on. It's never boring. So <laughs> that's true. And for people who don't know, uh, Damian Bracken is now our dean of admissions. Right. And um, has been here for m many, many years. And um, your story with Damian is so similar. I'm watching Cheryl laugh. Um, <laughs> and our stories with Larry Bayonne who has had been the guitar chair for um, 30 years and the assistant chair for 10 before, um, who I worked with at first, Cheryl worked for as a faculty member. There's a lot of, here's a key, and here's your first class, and um, go be yourself, you know. Yeah. Uh, Larry's advice to me, uh, at one point I asked him, I said, oh, you know, when I was auditioning for the job, I said, I would, I'm going to do a presentation. Do you have anything you'd really like me to cover? And he said, oh, yeah, I'm really glad you asked. You just have to be great. <laughs> you know, so when you play, he's like, when you play, just make sure you play great. And when you teach, just make that great. And, and when you talk about how you might run things in the department, just make sure that's great. And then he goes, wow, I'm really glad we talked about that. You know, I'm really glad we had a chance to go over it. And I think it's great in a way, right? It is great to use that term because it shows that everyone at Berkeley is really brought in to be themselves and figure it out together. Like we're going to figure this out together. And as you're saying, things are always changing and adapting. And I think Ian and Cheryl would agree that in, in all of our positions, you're learning as you go. If you do it right. Right. That's absolutely right. I mean, if you're expecting a rule book and you know you want to make widgets, there's places to do that. That's right. You know, if you're if you're ready to be challenged, take some risks and you know, get beat up a little bit along the way, um, you'll have fun. You know, it's just like playing music. It's just a new tune. 
So that's kind of what I was going to ask you, because one of the really wonderful things about Berkeley is that the curriculum allows for this for students. You come in as who you are, and we have core things we want you to do, and then you're allowed to really be as broad or, and as deep as you want to be, stylistically, mm -hmm. skill-based wise. There's mm -hmm. tons of labs, countless labs, ensembles, lesson teachers. You can take from different lesson teachers throughout your time. And so what we're trying to do in a way is reproduce that because the challenge I think with it, as you kind of mentioned, is depth is on you at Berkeley and the breadth is here for you. And so um, I think that's really interesting because you're finding that as a professional and a leader at Berkeley, and then that's what the students are finding as well. And so you're now going to all these points across the world, all of these global partner schools and meeting students and, and also meeting the faculty or who are preparing them to come right. to Berkeley, who really are our partners all across the globe in teaching these students. And so I guess, it would be really great for a lot of people who are listening to know some things. We have some questions for you about the schools themselves and how the program works. And then what we'd really like to hear too is from your perspective, what's on the mind of different students in the Global Partners? And, and maybe there are some unique things on people's minds at different schools and different places. And maybe there are some things that you feel are universal. And so all three of us have some questions for you like that. Cool. Uh, and um, my first one is, can you tell us a little bit about like how the global partner program works and what your role is there? Because I think you're the musician and you're the leader that everybody knows, right? We associate you with global partners because you literally are on the road. I think at one point your formal job title was Berkeley on the road. You're on the road all the time for Berkeley. So tell us a little bit about how this works. Sure. Um, there's, there's a history to this, just at the organization going all the way back to some of the early students that Lawrence Burke brought and the other, the early faculty brought like Toshiko Akiyoshi and Sadao Watanabe and, and Joe Zawinol and folks like that. It was really trying to make create opportunities for students from outside the United States to experience this, to, to come to the U S and study this the the music that has evolved here i'll say um and over time the professors the teachers at berkeley are professionals they're out in the world recording producing touring and it's a natural part of their their work to go out and obviously to teach and you know somebody like gary burton who really kind of led this he would be a person that would be on tour uh, throughout his time during the year, and he would just automatically be teaching a clinic or a master class or something. And that actually just starts to knit things together. He's meeting these young folks on the road, and um, they're seeing, well, wait a minute, I, I want more of this. How do I get more of this? Well, you need to come to Boston was the initial thing. Now, of course, you can go to other places. You can go to Valencia. You can go to New York starting in the fall. And you can obviously go online, which is great, too. Um, so that starts this, this pipeline of people from other parts of the world uh, where these major festivals are happening, where artists are on tour playing these wonderful venues and folks are coming to study at Berkeley. And then they're going back home and they're bringing a piece of this Berkeley experience with them. 
And they're in these parts of the world where um, teaching music that is relevant to the current music marketplace is not something that is supported. Um, Ministries of education, departments of ed, government society is just sort of like, you want to be a musician? Really, it's the conservatory, the Western classical canon, that tradition is where you need to go in order to become the exceptional artist, because that's the that's the sort of paradigm that people see as being relevant, not realizing that, you know, the music that we are exposed to throughout the day in our lives, whether it's a mobile app to something that's streaming content to a video game to whatever is you're going to be checking out, there's this whole system around it of creativity, of business, of all of that, that, that can be possible. And these uh, Berkeley alumni started going back and creating these places to learn. Cool. And so that there's, there becomes the global partners. These, these are institutions that are like Berkeley. Um, a number of them are led by Berkeley graduates, the academic leaders, the department heads, the founders are Berkeley graduates. And they took that imprint of Berkeley Many of them informally at first, but then over time formally adopting the Berkeley core music curriculum, harmony, ear training, intro to music technology, basic keyboard, arranging, instrumental study, ensembles, that, that, that sort of fundamental um, training that we feel is super valuable no matter what career path you go into. This core music that Berkeley uh, is so well known for and they start to deliver it and we start to see students coming from these programs to berkeley and being exceptional Mm -hmm. coming in and getting scholarships coming in and graduating at high rates having excellent grade point averages being leaders musically within the community and and all of a sudden this convection starts we start seeing the cycle happening and um, Berkeley really wanted to grow its its presence around the world. And the way we do that is like when you come to Berkeley and you walk into a classroom, chances are there's going to be people from at least three, four, five different countries in your classroom. And all of a sudden, the, this, this thing happens where you have a network now of not just people that are in the United States, but people all over the world. Right. So your your opportunity changes now. It's not just, I got to go to New York, Nashville, Atlanta, Miami, LA. It's like, wait a minute. You know, there are more streaming services in India than there are anywhere else in the world. And the appetite, the audience for that is massive. And with all these TV shows, they need people to write music, play on these recordings, produce this stuff. There's a whole industry you can plug into there. Same thing in Nigeria. In, La- in, in Lagos with Nollywood, that whole thing's blowing up. And, and suddenly you're connecting in with this because you're meeting students from these different parts of the world and understanding the opportunities for you are changing. So the global partners become a place of training and a place of networking for students to connect into. The way the structure is now is these locations have um, credit transfer agreements. What that means is you would you would apply and enroll in one of these programs. When you successfully complete that program and get accepted to Berkeley, you're going to transfer your music credits into Berkeley. And, of course, any other classes that you take, um, liberal arts classes and things like that, that go toward your, your degree at Berkeley, as well as Berkeley Online, for people that might be going to Berkeley Online. Uh, so 
what that does for you, you know, especially, you know, for somebody, it, it can help them bolster their abilities, get them a little more prepared so they can be more successful, more likely to get accepted to Berkeley, maybe more likely to be awarded a Berkeley scholarship. And then they come in with all that credit and they save a ton of money. Mm-hmm. They might save their first two semesters. They might actually get, you know, with some of the partners, they might actually complete the first four semesters of core music at Berkeley. And they'd be coming in and going to your department and saying, okay, I'm a guitarist. I want to be a guitar major at Berkeley. I'm coming from the Ramon school in, in Israel. I'm coming from EMC in Argentina. I'm coming from um, the Koyo conservatory in Japan or Seoul jazz Academy in, in, in Korea. And what's next for me? And they come in and suddenly they're looking at four to five, maybe semesters. Um, of study, focus study in their major course, in their department at Berkeley, and um, and we're seeing now they they graduate at a much at a very very high rate. It's over seventy percent of these students graduate on time. That's fantastic. And their grade point averages are incredible. The students that are coming in, like our, our partner school in Paris, France, in the la- in the the first four years of our partnership with them, they sent us two presidential scholarships students like stellar students yeah and for reference there a presidential scholarship is a full tuition scholarship that's awarded that you're entering audition to berkeley yeah that person would have gone to paris right and then audition for berkeley and these are students that are studying at that school they get accepted to berkeley they get a presidential scholarship which is tuition and housing Oh, there you go. It's amazing. And and they come in and they just enrich this community. They bring their music, their culture, and they create the connectivity back so that when they're, you know, up, when they're about to graduate and they're going to get on tour or do something like that, they're bringing the students from all the students that they've met into their network to create these opportunities. So it's, it's really, it's unique in music programs. There, there aren't, you know, in, in Europe, you have the Erasmus and they have interchange, faculty and student interchange. This is not that. In the United States, we don't have this with music programs at other colleges and universities that are really great programs. Uh, the program I went to, um, uh, the, the Great American Jazz Studies program at the University of North Florida, great program, but it was modeled on like North Texas, which is an amazing program, um, but they don't have this global interchange. It, it just creates this, like you're plugging into the planet yeah, I mean, there's there's three ways we can go here. One I want to tie up a loose end um, that I think people might be curious about. And the second one, um, I want to go just take a minute about what happens when a global partner student comes to us that mm-hmm. first day they come. Um, the loose end I want to tie up is each of these global partner schools now, even though maybe in the beginning the process was very organic, like a, an alum would kind of bring together a group of people and found this school. Now you have that organic process, but there's also a special process they go through with you and your office to become an official partner that yes. has the articulation agreement. And I just remember witnessing that at one of our wonderful schools, GMI, in right. India, because I visited, right, and went to the site. Well, and yeah, you're part of the team, yeah. Yeah, it was really fantastic, and, and that's just a fantastic school. And it's a one of our guitar uh, alums is one of the founders of that school, right. and, and with his brother. And so um, we'll talk about them more. I'm sure we can na- give them a shout out even more so in a minute. But um, but that is an extensive process. It's multiple years, 
and they go through um, a real vetting of the way the curriculum is presented and make sure that it's a partnership with Berkeley and Boston so that when you go to a school that's an articulated partner, you know that all the things that you said could follow. Yeah, it's not something that this isn't an off the shelf product. Right. You can't just go to the, you know, the Berkeley bookstore and pick up a partnership. Um, it, this is something that, you know, we do this in partnership with you as department chairs and yeah. the deans and with experts like, you know, the, the faculty members, we have, we have a diverse member, we have a diverse group of faculty in, in the organization as well that help inform this and it's monitored It's very, very, um, it's this marriage between observation and experience and data. And what that means is, you know, we need to be there on the ground. We have to meet these people. We need to meet the students, the educators. We have to see the organization. You know, you and, and the, now the Dean of um, Professional Writing and Technology, Matthew Nickel, and I were there with um, Tim Lee from admissions. And we literally saw them building the building. It's right. That's you right. Know? We saw them adapting the curriculum. We saw them, you know, sending students into the admissions process and, and all of that before they even got certification. And we were able to actually give them feedback and say, this is great. Here are some areas you need to work on. And they took that information and they continued to evolve and grow. And again, now they're sending us full tuition scholarship students. They have, they've reached, and this is in a country of, you know, a billion and a half people and there's one institution that's gone through this process. Right. So Aditya Balani, Tarun Balani and the whole team at GMI have, they've gone through the test. It takes years to do this. It's not an easy thing to do. And, and the reason is um, it's all about student success. This isn't sort of like us putting up these arbitrary hurdles at the end of the day, our job we're we are the students biggest fans period. You know, we want to see them succeed. If they succeed, then we've done our job. If we've done something that has not allowed them to achieve the very best that they can be, then we're not doing it right. So that's why we go through this laborious process of making sure everything is really, really in place. Um, it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's just, it's just like writing a, a a tune. It's like writing a composition. You go back and you hammer it out and you fix it and you make sure you play it. Nope. That's not good. Go back and do it again. You know, just get it like dialed in just right. Because when you do, you know, everybody's going to enjoy it. Yeah. I, I love that. I love the way you said that. And, um, that way, every student that comes through a global partner program, they can feel confident that this curriculum is something we believe in. We know that they're getting the best advice and the best direction. And then um, and then there's a part that the student plays, a responsibility they play to yeah. internalize all the information as best they can, to go as deep as they can. Mm -hmm. And when they come here, as you said, you have an opportunity to transfer all kinds of credits. What we still do is we evaluate you on the first day when you come in. Yeah. And so um, you are guaranteed to transfer the credits. You're not necessarily guaranteed to transfer your levels when you right. come into play. And the reason for that is we want to make sure you're absolutely successful at Boston. And it. so it's great. So again, that's um, I just want to make it clear that that's something that is actually a helpful idea. It's like a, it's not know, a hurdle. Yeah, we're it's trying not a to, hurdle. Yeah. It's, it's right. really about, you know, because you want 
this is a huge investment of time of resources and in and, and everybody cares everybody's taking a really detailed look at making sure that you know i remember you know i so i did the master's degree that berkeley had with the boston conservatory yeah and i remember coming in having done a lot of writing because I, I did a, i was i did a composition major and i brought my portfolio in and i brought it into the writing division it was brutal you know, I felt so bad because they came to me and said, listen, you know, this is great and all, but mm-hmm. here's where Berkeley is. <laughs> right. And and we really want you to be here. So you need to go back and take this class and this class and you've got holes and we need to help you cover these because if you, if you do this, it's going to help you so much better down the road. And it's a tough thing to hear, but it's because the organization cares about the educational processing and making sure that you're going to be successful. I remember going through that. I was like, and then I took those classes and, and um, yeah, it's now I'm like, I, I totally get it. It's like, Oh yeah, I did not know that. And I needed to get that. And I needed to get that in my toolkit and in, in seeing all that come together now, it's like, yeah, if I didn't have that, I'd have just, I just wouldn't be able to do the things that I can do musically, you know, Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that's a point we're going to come back to more and more throughout this time that we have together is that the people who are putting these programs together curricularly have been through this process. And that's why we know what we would like to see people have the opportunity to go through. Um, and I think it's a lot more like the world. And um, in the sense that you have to be able to assess yourself, even when it's uncomfortable. And the truth is, is that we have a lot of flexibility at Berkeley just because you feel like, oh, I didn't make the hurdle the way I think of it as a hurdle doesn't mean I'll never graduate or it'll take me another year. It might, but there might be another way we help you get through it. But the most important thing is to have an honest assessment of where you are with your skills so that you can develop what you need to have the life that you want in music. Well, the interesting point with that, and I remember talking to Tina Morris. Tina's a Berkeley alum. She runs the Village Recording Studio on, on Santa Monica Boulevard in L.A. Mm-hmm. And I was like, so tell me, you know, like when you're hiring people to work at the studio, what do you see that's different about Berkeley students compared to other students from other schools? Mm-hmm. And the uniformity in ability, the problem-solving skills, um, and in just the completeness, it's like, she doesn't, she can just say like, okay, so who did you study with at Berkeley? Bing, 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 bing. Cool. You're all set. It's just sort of like, there's a, <laughs> there's, there's just like a, a known value to the educational experience at Berkeley. And so partner schools fit into that. There was a, she told me this example. It was there the day I was there. Um, Elton John was recording the whole studio had went, had gone down, like the system had just crashed and he's in the live room, like, you know, getting ready to record. He never knew because the Berkeley alums that were there running the studio were like, Oh no, you're fine. Just kind of like, you know, we're just preparing a couple of things. You just, you know, completely uh, got him comfortable in his thing. And then they went and, and, um, and got everything back up and running and they're like, okay, you ready now? Great. We are too. Cool. And, it's just that ability, that the capability to, you know, work calmly, to have so much confidence in what you do. The teachers at Berkeley will ensure that you are prepared to walk into those situations and just nail it. That ability to adapt and yeah. 
And Cheryl, I see you nodding. So I'm wondering what your thoughts are on that particular Berkeley quality. Well, there's so many things, Jason, that you brought up that um, interest that are really interesting. I mean, that there is one of them. Um, you know, our faculty in all the departments is is made up of you know bad cats, basically. <laughs> you know, people that are that really do it. Um, but I was kind of really interested in what you were talking about in terms of that experience when you come into Berkeley and there are people from all over the world to connect with, because that's so important. I mean, and that's true in, in the staff and the faculty, but just think about the student experience of coming in and being able to connect to students from all over the world, because you never know, you know, you never know where you're going to end up in your career. You know, I mean, that's the main thing. I, I we all know that from our own experiences, but in, you try to tell that to a student, like be prepared, be prepared. But really the things that are really gonna make your career happen are these sort of, these connections that happen. And I think that's what, uh, you know, having your program as a, is such an integral part of our school makes it a really special place. And it's, you know, in terms of thinking about your career really is based on all those connections. and. I mean, I remember when I was a student, I had a friend, uh, a Japanese guitarist I used to play with. We'd play every week. And then, a, you know, I had a, a Russian guy came in and played bass, right? And that was our little, our trio. And we played, and, you know, and, and we've kept in touch over the years. And it's just, um, that's really how it, it unfolds. And I think that's a really incredible. It's really unique. It is really unique to Berkeley. Yeah, it's, it's there's a couple of levels where one, you know, there's, there's the networking piece that um, informs your thinking around uh, one level is I can contribute to your project. I'm ready. I'm here. I'm going to help. And that's a skill that you have to be always ready to do. And whatever level, whatever experience you walk into, if you're not helping, then you shouldn't be there. And that means if you're in the ensemble or just rolling up cables or whatever it is, you're helping at some level. And if you're not doing that, then they're not going to want you there. You know, you, you would, if you were leading that opportunity, that session, that performance, you wouldn't want that person there. The other part of this, it, it, you develop this, this amazing humanity, you know, especially like the news just in the last 24 hours of what we're seeing here in the United States yet again is um, an action. And then just this community response around what's going on and just the idea that we we in our community our diverse community at berkeley um are able to help people to be open just get out in the world experience understand the beauty of all these different people the cultures that they come from the musical traditions the food um, just the way life is led and that can change your whole life and then that last thing is being able to lead, being able to create the opportunities for your colleagues, not just be the, on the receiving end, but come into the community prepared to create and be prepared to reach out and bring this network that you have together to do something, whatever that is, you know, creatively, in a business way, in a, in a social way, social impact way. Um, all of that is possible. And it's just around the whole 
around music. We're doing it around music and dance and musical theater, you know, with the conservatory. But it's just like, it's dope. It's like, oh, my God, there's no place like this. And now you can go and do it in Valencia. And you can go and do it, you know, at some point you can do it in Abu Dhabi. You're going to be able to do it in New York and who knows where else. All of the global partners that are on four continents now. Mm-hmm. Um, and just so many different cultures and traditions and um, the springboard that will bring you to uh, a bigger world. Like right now, we just tallied up of all the global partner programs that are around close to 9,000 students studying in music programs, not including Berkeley. So these are all the partners around the world. There's about 9,000 students in them, which is um, all in a, you know, this is what a, what a network to plug into. It's like 9,000 people, not including the teachers, you know, and in, in the communities that they're connected to, there's, there's so many opportunities that uh, you'll never, you'll never be without. So here's a little pop quiz, guitar global pop quiz. How many guitar programs are in those schools and what countries are they in, in our global partners? Do you know? Off the top of your head. Yeah. Um, every partner school, obviously, um, guitar is part of it. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'll, I'll give you an example. Actually, there's a guitar prof- faculty member at Berkeley that left Berkeley and started the program at Selkirk mm-hmm. College in Canada in Castlegar. Um, another one that, um, you know, right. Yeah. Yeah. I went up, he brought me up there. Yeah. It's a great program. Yeah. It's a great program. And there were a couple other, and our friend Teresa Atkinson is from that. That's exactly right. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, Lupa Santiago, who was in the master's program at the Berkeley Boston conservatory program with me, he's an amazing guitarist down in Sao Paulo, Brazil. Mm-hmm. You know, you mentioned Adi, Aditya Balani in, in New Delhi, India. I mean, it goes on and on. Um, uh, you know, the Ramon School in Israel, Yehuda Eder, who is a renowned artist there, is a guitarist. Mm-hmm. And he was one of the founders of the Ramon School, which is, you know, a founding member of our global network. Um, wow. It, it, it just could... You know, uh, if you go to berkeley.edu slash global, you can read the whole list. There's 24 partners now mm-hmm. um, that have all over the world, truly yeah. Europe, Asia, right, Middle East. Yeah. And then we have, of course, we have the programs that we do um, where we bring literally the Berkeley classroom to the world, which is Berkeley on the road and then Berkeley Latino, uh, where we do it for the, the uh, Latin music marketplace. And um and those happen all over the world. Uh, the the two legacy ones that have been happening the longest. We've been in at the Umbria Jazz Festival doing the Umbria Jazz Clinics now for thirty five years, and then in Puerto Rico it's been twenty six years um, with the the Berkeley and Puerto Rico program. The programs, you know, the Italy program is two weeks. The one in Puerto Rico is one week. And other programs we do in Bogota and in mainland China and other places in Ireland. Uh, Cheryl's done the program in, in Dublin with us. Um, these become institutions, mm-hmm. meaning a one-week program, this camp is a thing that you have to go to. You have to be there. Why? Because it's you do this. You know, you go to this program to like feel the experience, become part of the community, and then it becomes a launching pad. You know, and right now, like Edmar Cologne, who's a professor at Berkeley in the Berkeley Global Jazz Institute, I met him when he was much younger as a student in that program in Puerto Rico, 
came to Berkeley as a full tuition scholarship student, has gone on, and now he's, you know, we're sending him out into the world to go and, you know, keep all this going. I mean, Cheryl, of course, you know, you're, you're part of that legacy as well that, 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 um, that is um, just truly, truly unique. I mean, I, you know, I guess you talk about this probably more in the performance division than anywhere is you, you have grand students and great grand students, right? Yeah. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Like Cheryl, you were a student and now, and then a faculty member for a number of years now assistant chair. And so your your students have students. You're you're a grand teacher, I'm sure. Well, our friend in, at Shanghai. Um, yeah. He was one of my first students, like my first or second year of teaching, Ivan. And uh, you know, years later, he contacted me and said, "Hey, I'd love to bring you over." And I, to be honest, at first I was thinking, I don't know if I remember this guy because it was almost 20 years ago, right? And then we were Skyping. I was like, oh my God, Ivan. But Ivan went and, you know, when he went back to uh, China, he took all the stuff and he was one of the first, published one of the first jazz theory books in um, in China and sold millions of copies and and started that program. And, and so then I went and, and Jason, you were really helpful in putting some things together for us to go over there. Uh, which was, it was incredible, but to see what he created there, he's, he created this unbelievable jazz guitar program and his students were playing for me and I was in tears really to see that, you know, influence keep going. And they were like, you know, these kids were playing Jimmy Rainey solos and Joe Pass solos and West Montgomery transcriptions and, and loved it. Like, were passionate about it and it was really it was so touching to to have that go full circle like that and what's really interesting about what you're describing is it's not the book it's not the course it, it is the interaction between the teachers and the students that you, you can't replicate it. it that experience just can't be replicated we you know it, it is um it's really amazing to see you know Great teachers produce great students, and and the opportunities come from that. And the Berkeley experience is, um, yeah, it's you're just not going to be able to bottle it. You know, you have to experience it. You have to come to the programs. You have to be in the classrooms and um, and be with the the uh, the teachers and the other and 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 just get that. I mean, Phil Wilson, Phil Wilson was the reason why I came to Berkeley. Phil came down to Jacksonville because um, Jack Peterson was there. And yes. Jack, of course, you know, is <laughs> first, the very first, first. Chair of our guitar department. Yeah, yeah. He's our first chair. Yeah. And so, um, you know, um, and I studied, you know, I'm a trombonist, but I studied guitar with Jack. Um, I played in the guitar ensemble with Jack in, in Jacksonville and he brought Phil down as a visiting artist and it was kind of like okay here's a person that is a legendary trombonist and writer and that's like that's that, I want to do that you know I, I got to be with that person and so that was the whole reason for you know I wanted to be at Berkeley to experience studying with Phil and and, and then that just opened up so many doors incredible yeah you know, we have this curriculum that's so unique in the Berkeley Guitar Department. People call it the proficiencies. People call it the final exams. And we always joke around. Steve doesn't like you calling it proficiencies. It's, 
the proficiency final exam. <laughs> That's what we call it. And the reason is, is because these are, in the guitar department, these are the universal skills that allow you to be proficient in any style. Right. It's that's why we use that term. It's because it's a um, it's it's a foundational term. And what we joke around with the students that, you know, there's like a chicken and the egg situation with curriculum. You know, um, is this the egg? And then one day you learn the curriculum and you become the chicken. And I always say, well, no, this is the situation where the chicken had a gig. And the chicken was like, oh, wow, you know, here's all the things I wish I knew before I got this gig. So the chicken wrote the proficiencies. The chicken named Mick Goodrick and Larry Bayon and, <laughs> and 60 of their colleagues, one who's here in our, um, in our Zoom, Cheryl Bailey. And then, you know, when I came, I was another chicken who said, hey, listen, there's not so many things for sight reading chickens on there and classical chickens. And so um, we always say like, trust the chicken like the chicken wrote this curriculum. And, and so that's part of the um, oral tradition that's now global. So right. it's like this set of foundational concepts coming through the top musicians in the world who also are the top teachers. Right. Because I think that's the other thing that Berkeley does is dispels this myth that there are there's like a hierarchy of, you know, if you're a player, then you're more successful than a teacher. The truth is, is that the teachers who are the top players, but who have that gift and have devoted their lives to learning how to communicate information to you as a student, those are the top people. Those are the people who are meant to be with us. And um, that's just been a great lesson and a great gift. You know? No, totally. My experience is, it, you know, and, and it's great because the discourse is the discourse in the department, the fact that you allow the communication to happen where, where faculty can come in and, and all hang and just like battle it out, you know, <laughs> and, and that's it's, you know, it's and it's not it's just it's it's to better mm -hmm. the experience. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, it's a kind yeah. battle. It's a kind battle, yeah. but it is a battle. And we do have something we're going to um, be able to give to you and all the partners. We've been we've been um, throwing down over the modes and the chords and all the scales. And we're putting together our proficiency prep book, which will be there yeah, I, for you. Modal Voices for Guitar. That will be Modal Voices for Guitar is the book he held up by Rick Peckham, but everybody's contributions are coming together yeah. in, in, um, in our proficiency materials that you'll play for your final exam. And then we're going to have them out. We're going to have them out so that you can all have easier access to ways to practice them. Because awesome. as you were saying, like just getting your hands on some things is great. And, and for us over the years, Jason, as a teacher and as a chair, getting to go with you, mm -hmm to all of these places and all these countries has been really beautiful. Like Cheryl, as you mentioned, um, I was thinking of the trips I took with Jason and how amazing it is really to be in the countries. You know, all of these students are coming from different countries. To have been there is really important. To have been in the cities where the students are from, to be able to say to someone, oh, you're from Mumbai. I was in Mumbai, you know? Um, and. Uh, and just to be able to be there, you know, oh yeah, I was in Paris. I went to the, the studio in London to walk down the street and have someone say, oh my gosh, you were in Taiwan. And, 
and you heard me play in Taiwan or yeah. you were in um, Korea and, and I met you there in South Korea. And it's like, yeah, we were in Seoul together and we went to dinner and you played that great thing. And now here you are in this class. And I think we've all had this experience of how important it is to go to South America, to go to Europe, to go to all of these amazing places and, and get to see what, where the students are from. Yeah, and that's another part of what Global Initiatives does. It's not just about bringing people to the Berkeley community. It's, it is a globalization. Right. You know, we, we, we work with students. We work with department chairs to create opportunities for people to go into the world to, to, to have the experience of bringing their music someplace, going to get exposed to the culture and the traditions. And that all informs this other discussion. You know, if, if, there's a, if we didn't have that, permeation where people could go back and forth, then we would not be able to do what we do at the level we do it. And it's really an open thing. It's changed so much um, in the time I've been doing this work where we've, you know, um, a large group of faculty that um, in department chairs and, and, and leaders that go out and, um, and bring the Berkeley experience to the world, we facilitate through our global programming and global initiatives. Um, we help to inform the discussion of where we need to be going or to be speaking in focus groups with different populations of students um, to understand where the next opportunity is, where are things happening, um, where we need to be informed. You know, right now where there's, there's, you know, we've been on pause for a year. There's like this pent up energy of like, oh, we, where are we going to go now? We, we need to like get out there and, and engage and, um, and then, you know, incredible things will happen. I mean, it's, you know, sure. Like the work you do with Annette Cohen, I mean, that's, that's actually it, you know, that, that group that, that you have is sort of, you know, born from um, professional artists going on in their career and then reconnecting that network continuum happening with, you know, world-renowned musicians bringing incredible music to the world. That's, that's kind of it, you know, as a, as an example, it's really amazing. Yeah. The, the other thing I think are the little things, like when we get back to doing these kinds of travels, um, I don't think this is such a little thing, but it seems that way. Just when we travel to other countries to meet students and faculty and the partners, we see a little tiny sliver of what a student feels. You know, like I flew to Seoul and I had that sense when I got off the plane, like I just flew to the other side of the world. You know, and I got off the plane with Alan Chase, who's the chair of ear training. And, um, and we didn't know how to speak the language, you know, and people spoke English, but we didn't know how to speak that language. And, um, you know, when we were in the different places, we were in Seoul and we were in Taiwan those three weeks. Right. And we were there long enough, like three weeks is long enough to sort of like, you really kind of feel like you're on the other side of the world and you kind of get used to it. And then we were like, well, let's try to take a cab somewhere. Let's try to go somewhere. And, you know, you're in Taiwan and you don't speak any type of Chinese and you're trying to learn certain phrases and you're trying to take the map and find your way from here to here. And sometimes with a guide and we did one whole day with no guide 
just to see what it would feel like, you know? Yeah. And then you have a real better appreciation for a student who's 18 years old who flies and comes to Boston and you're like, and then they get there and they're like, okay, now you're going to go to this building and now you're going to go to this building. And here's where you eat. And right. it's incredible to me. And then you're going to play for placement for your college level, you know? And uh, I think having those experiences, having that experience, like, you know, my three weeks in Asia, my three weeks in India, um, shorter stints in other places with you, helped a lot you know even in spain like go take a walk by yourself and go get go order a coffee and order dinner and meet up with this person you know um that helps us because it informs what cheryl and ian and and um and our coordinator ben and i do when we take time to sit with students individually yeah. and in small groups as they come because now we you know, you put yourself in a very small version of that as an older person and then it gives you a better window into what it, you know, how courageous it is, really, for a young musician to come to music Huge. at all and then to come in a foreign country. And it's like, okay, what can we do if we really believe, which we do, that we're a global family of guitar, then how do we treat each other and what do we need to know? Yeah, that's, that is amazing to, to articulate that. That is, that is so important. That's one of the things you walk away with is that the idea of um, being a human, yeah. You know, when we go to places in the world, people take such amazing care of us. Right. That's true. And, uh, and, and so we've learned from that. It's like when we welcome people here, we, I think the Berkeley community, the services that we provide end to end when students arrive, you know, it's, it's, uh, there's so, some incredible people around the college, you know, whether it's, um, student services and mm -hmm. the, the advising, the academic advising, helping you you know, just figure out where you're going to go pick up your laptop, you know, all that stuff. It's sort of like, it's all cool. We got you, yeah. you know, and, uh, and then also the, the, the student groups, like we have these amazing student groups, like the, uh, the Korean student group, the Chinese student group, the, uh, labs, Latin American student group, the students of Caribbean ancestry. There's all these student groups that you can plug into and they become your support group as well. Um, because they're going through the experience with you. And then there's faculty and staff advisors for those groups that just help to um, make sure you're cool, make sure the experience is going well. And then when you do hit those bumps, you have like a place to connect into. You have some people you can talk to that can guide you to um, the experts on campus who will um, help you problem solve and figure things out. Yeah, that's great. Um... So out of the four of us, without revealing any longevity, Ian is the closest to being a student at Berkeley. And I think, um, Ian, I wonder from your perspective what questions you might have for Jason about what questions guitar students in the global programs might have for us. Like what, you know, what are things oh, yeah. they might want to know about the guitar department and uh, Ian, what's on your mind when it comes to that topic? Yeah, so um, I guess what I would be uh, curious about are like, you know, I do advise a lot of students. Um, I'm from the United States, uh, 3,000 miles away from here. But uh, nevertheless, um, I'm not a BGP student. So, <clears throat> but I do advise a lot of them. And I guess the the big thing that I would want to know is like, what are some of the misconceptions that 
you know, either people have about the global partners schools or maybe that like, you know, people coming in contact with it that you might um, see. And maybe that's not exactly accurate, but yeah. What are, what are some of the ideas that people have about it or some of the misconceptions they have that they might not be thinking about it in the right way? Um, or conversely, like, do you, people have ideas about Berkeley that, or fears about coming to Berkeley from a global partner? Sure. Those are great questions. I think that the, um, for, for people looking at a global partner, there, um, one of the, there, there are two things that tend to come up. One is, so if I go to the global partner school, I'll automatically get accepted to Berkeley. And that's not the case. Um, that's one of the big ones is, is, you know, you have to remember, you've got to go to that program and complete the entire program as it's noted in the agreement. Um, again, berkeley.edu slash global, and then you can click on the partners and read the agreement for each school. Some of them are one year. Most of them are two years long. It's kind of like in the United States, we have community college university. And it's kind of like going to that first two-year community college program and then transferring, but you've still got to apply to Berkeley and you still have to get accepted. Um, the reason why is, you know, Berkeley's competitive and we, again, it's all about student success. We want to make sure that you're ready for the Berkeley experience. So that's one of the challenges that, that tends to come up about the global partners. If I go there, um, I'm going to get accepted to Berkeley. These, there's some guarantees built in and that's, that's not the case. Um, but it is hugely beneficial because again, you're going to transfer credit. You're going to save a lot of money. Your preparation, if, if you're doing really well in the program, your, the chances will be increased for you getting accepted to Berkeley and possibly getting a scholarship. Um, the, I think when it, the, 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 the global partner students, when they're looking at coming to Berkeley, um, one of the things is they're thinking, cause for many, many years, Lots of institutions had what was called a two plus two program. Go two years here, two years there, you're done. And um, with Berkeley uh, specifically, that may not be the case. It depends on what you major in. And it depends on where you place. Because even though you finish this program, you still got to do some testing when you get to Berkeley. You're going to get this credit and then you're going to set up your, your academic path. So what we recommend is that you really, if you're a global partner student, meet with your advisor at the partner school. Contact us at Global Initiatives, globalprograms at berkeley.edu. You can email us anytime. Come to our information sessions that we do online, and we'll walk you through step-by-step how all this works so that when you're getting close to finishing your track at that global partner, not when you're done, but when you're getting into that last term, we're in contact. We can connect you with the guitar department. You can meet with Ian. You can talk to him and say, hey, listen, I'm coming from Israel. I'm coming from Japan. I'm coming from Brazil. Um, here's my plan. You know, okay, when are you coming? And Ian, you're going to walk them through like, sure. So once you get accepted, here are all the things that are going to be on your to-do list. So that when you arrive in Boston, you're like, I got this. This is cool. I know Ian. I know Kim. I know Cheryl. Um, I kind of, I already told Ian like the top three guitar teachers I want to study with, but he's going to see what he can do for me. You know, <laughs> that kind of thing. But, and you already know the Berkeley community 
and that makes that transition that cr- you know the, across the um, the threshold from the partner school to Berkeley. It'll make it smooth, um, and you can just move right into your Berkeley experience as comfortably as possible. That's good, Jason. Do you know off the top of your head like questions that students who are guitar students and the global partners, or maybe even faculty? What are some of the things on their mind when it comes to the guitar department? What are they thinking about? What are they curious about? Yeah, I think that the things that that um, that come up the most, there's two things. One is on the audition side. What should I play for my audition? You know, it's sort of like, what's the silver bullet? <laughs> I'm going to, if I play this tune, it's, you know, that tune always gets you um, the thing, you know, the prize. And, um, not understanding that it's it's really tailored to each individual musician and what they're best at mm-hmm. and what they should showcase. So that's one of the questions that comes up is is really, you know, how do I, what should I prepare um, for that audition, not only to Berkeley, but also my placement audition? Because that, that, that process is um, many of the partner schools do placement auditions and they try to mirror what we're doing at Berkeley, but it's, um, it's, not exactly, you know, some, some places have different educational requirements. They have different processes that don't necessarily line up. So it's, it's a matter of getting them acclimated to that. And then, um, the, the, the second thing is, um, you know, I think awareness, um, a lot of people that come to Berkeley and the vast majority of them being guitarists, they know Berkeley and they know guitar, and we have to constantly remind them, go to the Guitar Department website, look at all the faculty. Most of these faculty members have websites, they're on social media, go check them out. You know, it's, you're, again, you're investing time and money in this experience. Know who it is that you want to come and study with. There, you know, there's so many amazing teachers that if you come in and you don't have a plan, then you're not going to optimize the experience. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things that we, we really try to encourage them to do is like, look under the hood. <laughs> yeah. I think don't be afraid to look under the hood. Like understand that when you come to Berkeley, that belongs to you. I think that's one thing that I say so many times in auditions. And I know Cheryl and Ian, you say this too, when, when people come in for placement, so many times students say to me or to any of us, oh, you have a great department. And then I have to say, well, we have a great department because it also belongs to you. And I think, you know, the other thing we say to people is, you know, your favorite guitar player should be you now. Because if your favorite guitar player is you and this is your school and your big global community, then you have every right to be curious about it. Yeah. You have every, like, you know, we have empowered you now to go and look and round and see what you can find and get excited about things. And don't be afraid of what you don't know yet. You're just unfamiliar. You, you're going to use these tools to become more familiar. There's no like and dislike. There's no, I don't know. And I know there's familiar and unfamiliar. Mm-hmm. And then we're just going to help you get to where you need to go. Right. And I think um, one of the ideas of having coffee talk was to answer some of the questions. So one of the things I would like people to know is if you go back and you scroll down in this podcast, whether you're on YouTube or whether you're on Spotify or if you're on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're getting this podcast, 
you can go down to our special bonus episode called Ratings Audition Talk. Uh-huh. Uh, and it's um, how you prepare. And it's four of our faculty who also teach in the ensemble department. David Fusinski, Abby Aronson, um, and John Finn, and then Cheryl Bailey, and I, and Ian. And we talk about ratings auditions, what they are, how to prepare for them, and all that stuff about the prepared piece. That is completely relevant to right. your audition piece. Um, I'll say a couple words about what I think, but I want Cheryl to comment on this too. Um, and Ian, because you've been through so many of them, Ian. Um, we want to hear you. We want to hear you play what you love. And we want it to sound great, as Larry Bayon would say, <laughs> meaning that we want it to sound comfortable. We want you to feel expressive. We want you to feel like you have like an ability to sort of command and express musically what you want to show us. And it doesn't matter to us if it's giant steps or it's an original tune or it's a blues tune or a classical piece or anything in between or anything around that. We just want you to show us who you are on the instrument as much as you can in five to seven minutes. And then we're going to ask you in the auditions to do some other things. We're going to ask you to read music chord chart and melody um, because in the world of music in your professional life you will have to do this and the more you can do this the more you can work we're going to ask you to use your ear we're going to ask you to identify some chords play back some melodies maybe sing some things identify some things because again that's going to be something you're going to use and we know that some of you will come with such a background that the reading part is like, okay, no problem, I got it. The ear part makes you want to hide under the table. There will be other people who are the opposite, who excel with the ear and the reading isn't so strong. So what we're doing is we're sharing materials. We're sharing jam tracks on our YouTube channel so you can go learn how to practice the improvise so that you feel good about it in the audition. We're going to be sharing sight reading materials, and we're going to share some ear exercises and lessons so that you can get ready for those parts. So it's not a huge mystery, and you can talk to your teacher and ask your teacher. So my advice is to get as, you know, as comfortable as you can and as familiar as you can with all of those areas, knowing that you're going to have some strengths and weaknesses. And we expect that because you always will. Every, all of us do in our lives. Um, but the most important thing is don't try to think about what we want to hear. Show us who you are. Because that's really what we want to hear. That's what we care about. We want you to come as a whole person to Berkeley. Um, Cheryl, what do you think? What's your advice? Yeah, I think that advice is is well said and true. I mean, I've done tons of auditions for Berkeley, and and that's yeah, that's what it, do what makes you represents you the best who you are i think that's great advice and also in terms of you know because we do have we welcome all styles mm-hmm. and uh so and and again we've created this virtual campus mm-hmm. so that you can get to know us before you get here as much as you can um interviews with faculty and the coffee talk and all our social media stuff um so yeah come visit us and get to know us that way i think it's great yeah, to your point, we have almost 20 interviews up on Coffee Talk, and you never know what comes up. Really deep things. You can really listen and figure out who people are, what they sound like, what their philosophy is. 
And then there's also, if you want a quick little shot of people, you can go to Cheryl's Blue Couch series called Meet the Faculty on YouTube and get a little seven-minute interview with a bunch of different people. That's awesome. Yeah, so it's pretty great. And, and then if you want a one-minute, you go to Instagram. And every week we've got pictures. And we've even shared our Throwback Thursday pictures. So if you want to see what your teacher looked like in the 70s, if that makes them seem less, less intimidating, or the 90s with the hair and the hairspray, please go. Um, we, and, uh, you know, there's a lot of ways to get involved and share your own music too, when you come as a student. So, um, Ian, what do you think? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think that there's just, like you were saying, there's like so many, uh, resources that folks can take advantage of that, you know, you can also not take advantage of, <laughs> which I wouldn't. <laughs> suggest to do yeah i mean there's a lot of great things and to like what cheryl was saying like people can tell when you're playing uh something that's not your preferred style and that you're playing it because you think you have to or there's the um you know when it comes actually back to what jason you were saying way earlier that the model for berkeley is different from that of a conservatory right that we aren't you know uh treating jazz music necessarily like like the way a conservatory would treat you know classical music or any other style that you teach you know or that you can learn at berkeley um so i mean that's kind of what's so great about it is that it's just a big sandbox for you to really explore and develop the music that is true to what you listen to and the artist that you want to be yeah and if you're a classical musician come here spoken from a classical guitarist like we do have the best classical guitarists among you know there are great classical guitarists everywhere but we have top players here who are teachers and and the music that classical artists are making here because it can involve your composition and it can involve improvisation and other styles it's pretty remarkable and it's new and it's really cool so um the other thing i want to say is if you listen to a coffee talk and you really feel like you connect with the way a teacher is saying things, that person checks their Berkeley email and you can email them in advance and say, I'm a global partner student. Yes. I heard you on Coffee Talk and I loved the way you talked about practice techniques or I loved what you said about playing on tour with that person or the way you practice this and I want to know more about you or I'm looking forward to meeting you when I come. And they will love it. Like, you can't imagine how ready to communicate with you people are so please trust that yeah. jason what do you think that will help do you think that'll assist can you think of other things yeah it's it's a it's a very different thing where you know the community here is different we've all been to and ian i'm not sure if you've done this but we've been to different parts of the world where um when you're a student there's just a certain way you're supposed to behave and it's a very didactic, you know, kind of experience where you just sit and whatever's coming at you, you take it and because the teacher is right. And what's mind blowing about the Berkeley experience, whether you're in a one hour master class someplace, a camp, an online class, or you're on campus doing some kind of a program, you're actually asked to engage. And it's scary because, you know, uh, when you're younger in your experience as a musician, you know, you feel that pressure of like not knowing stuff and, and, or, or not being able to execute on things. And, and so you're gonna, you're gonna protect yourself. 
you know, you're going to kind of buffer, you're going to put this buffer between yourself and any kind of um, attempt to do anything because you don't want to fail. And all I can tell you is jump in with both feet, trip and fall over yourself. Just go for it. Um, I, it took me a while to learn that because I learned in a different way. When I got to the Berkeley experience, um, seeing how cool and open and genuinely supportive Berkeley teachers are from the get-go, they, you know, they're, they're going to cajole you. They're going to do everything they can to get you to attempt something because then they can help you work through it, help you problem solve it. And in, in that experience, you're going to learn this thing, which is you can actually teach yourself. And that is like the, the, this Berkeley thing about the teachers showing you how to problem solve through things will last you through your entire musical and creative career and in your life. And that's the one thing that I think, um, you know, if you study with Berkeley alumni at our global partner schools, you've already experienced this because it's sort of been imbued on them. They do this. And that's why you're kind of like, oh, I got to get to Berkeley. And when you come into the Berkeley community, uh, you'll, you'll, um, hopefully you'll, you'll take to it and revel in it. Just have a blast. It's music. I mean, come on, you know, it's, it's okay. You're going to play wrong notes. You're going to play out of time. You're going to be out of tune and, you know, you, you know, but just have fun doing it because the experience you'll just grow and, um, and you'll have a happy life. Yeah. One of the things uh, one of our teachers said in one of these conversations um, was you don't have to wear your skill set like a suit of armor. That's a yeah. Whoa. That's a, a David that's, Tronzo. That's a David. That's Tronzo. a that's a T-shirt. Yeah. Well, Professor Tronzo, you can uh, you can you can call him for the copyright of that. But it's true. You don't have to wear your skill set as a suit of armor. You can take the armor off and and uh, and learn what, what you want to learn, learn what you need to learn. Yeah. Just be happy that you don't know stuff. I mean, imagine if you knew everything, what a drag would that yeah. be? Yeah. And, and you're <laughs> going to find out of course that, that, uh, we're, you're always going to learn for the rest of your life. It's not a four year situation. So, um, Jason, this has been so incredible. Um, and so I want to ask, uh, Cheryl, do you have any final words or thoughts as we kind of wrap up this pot of coffee with Jason? Thank you for joining us. It's always, always love chatting with you and um and thank you for really reminding us about how we're all connected through music and how important it is and um what a great experience how lucky we are to be able to do that yeah totally no this is great i, re I appreciate the opportunity it's i look forward to hanging soon we can go over to casa romero again Cheryl, and oh, yeah. you know it's, it's for those of you that when you get to boston oh I hope to God it's open still. I, I think so. No, I think so. I checked the other day. You can okay. take out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Casa Romero, it's, it's in an alley in the basement. It is divine. We're going there. We're going there. We will go and uh, enjoy some uh, mole chicken, you know, something, uh, something tasty. But, yeah. um, and then anybody that's out there that wants to play online, just, I'm going to put this plug in there. We're playing online. Mm -hmm. real time mm -hmm. remotely we're doing we're broadcasting concerts um ray soul who works in global issues with me is an incredible bassist and he's also um a techie he's a programmer and it's been a year we've been playing online for a year using different modes you can do this and it's absolutely free 
It does not cost you anything to do this. And um, we've been doing master classes on this. We're going to do one um, tomorrow for the International Society of Jazz Composers and Arrangers um, at their conference. And we're teaching faculty how to program their own servers. All, all this kind of stuff. So if you want to play remotely and jam, we, we have jam sessions every week. It's it's a blast. And we'll have people get in touch with you to do that. We'll uh, we'll put that up there. And, uh, cool. Ian, last thought for you? Yeah, it was cool hearing about, you know, this other element of Berkeley that's very integral, kind of to the Berkeley experience, the internationalism of it. But, you know, it's uh, it's good to really, like, consciously, like, you know, engage into uh that conversation about that it's pretty cool yeah anytime reach out go to berkeley.edu slash global you can follow us at at berkeley global um online and um we're doing events um we've got a very very busy schedule of remote sessions we can't be on the road right now it's going to be a little while before we can get back out but in the interim every week there's a few uh, online master classes and clinics that we're doing you know check your time zone we're up at all we're up at all hours of the night doing these things and it's great it's a blast we have um um lots of fun things that we're able to do connecting with different audiences around the world while everybody's still locked down and then we're going to be back out on the road soon and it's going to be awesome play some music together have some food drink some coffee in different parts of the world yeah i like that you're keeping your time zone chops up even though he's not on a plane he's still up Oh, it's so weird. Like time. So yeah. that's great. Um, yeah. Jason, thank you so much for being with us. And we hope all global partner students and um, teachers hang with us on our virtual campus and, and get in touch with us via email. And um, thanks so much. Coffee cheers to all of you. And uh, we'll see you and uh, we'll be talking to you next time on Coffee Talk.